Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Body Shop, the finest in collision repair. Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kinds of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside scoop. Listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Cool. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Ranger Robot Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at BDieter75. And, of course, breaking news, we're joined by Kane McCutcheon today. Kane, how are you doing, man? Breaking news. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, maybe that's not the breaking news people accepted, uh, expected, you know. <laughs> hey, have you heard? Have you heard? The Rangers hired a manager. The Rangers hired a manager. Bruce Bochy is now a Texas Ranger. Well, when you were younger, you you were what, like seven or two when the Rangers went to the World Series? So, um, I was five. Five, okay. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, Bruce Bochy, of course, beat us for the first World Series as a San Francisco Giants manager. So for you, I guess that doesn't mean as much as it does to some of us older fans that were alive and ready to go. But I always thought it would be cool to have him here because of his reputation. And, you know, of course, after that, he went on to win two more. So obviously he can put a pretty good team together. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can get a guy like that, um, I think like 
just being one of the greatest managers of all time. And I tweeted out the other day, I said, I think the Rangers being able to unretire one of the greatest managers of all time says something about the direction that this organization is headed. Like this is serious. Like yes, they're going to start contending. Yeah. And Bochy said that it didn't take him very long at all to decide that Texas was a good fit for him. Uh, he said it was basically the, the minor league system. And then of course the core players they have, he said, were just a group of guys that he could see himself winning with. Yeah, no, I, he, de- yeah, definitely. And I loved his press conference. Honestly, I thought, yeah, he, uh, I thought he did really well and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the style of play. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but that was probably my main takeaway. And then, you know, he's all in, he said that I'm all yeah. in. I'm, I'm excited for this era, honestly. I am too. And again, it's the first time since 2002, I think that they've hired a manager with, or before, before 2002, I think that they've had a manager that had previous major league experience before he came to the Rangers. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you're not wrong. And they, they've never had a manager that won a world series as a manager. Yeah. This is the first one. So I'm, I'm really excited, honestly, excited to, you know, obviously get to know him as EC seems like a very fun, you know, guy to interview Yeah, and um, I'm excited for what he's going to bring for sure. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be on uh, that other podcast, the, the Rangers today baseball podcast soon. And I've reached out. I don't know if we'll get him or not, but I figured why not take a shot at it? And if we can get him on here, that would be great. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, the worst they're going to do is not answer me and you know, I can live, I can live with that. So <laughs> for, sure, for sure. Yeah. We had, we got, we had what Cole Reagan's for 150. That was pretty fun. Yeah. He, yeah, he was, he was that. good. I, I listened. I was listening to, I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to y'all's podcast at lunch sometimes. <laughs> That's Hey, cool. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. When I'm working and I just need to throw something on. I don't want to yep. listen to my own podcast. No, it's funny. Cause sometimes I forget you're still in high school. Cause I was going to text you and see if you were going to Bruce Bochy's press conference. And I remembered, no, wait, he's probably in class. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I did have class. That yeah. Cause day. that was a morning press conference. So yeah, it was at 11 AM sharp. I still listened while I was at school and you know, did my notes and everything, but unfortunately I couldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, and that was Ben's day to write an article for Dallas sports nation. So I kind of, yeah, at least I had a nice, easy article to write. All I had to do was listen to the press yeah. conference and write about it. It was pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I like those. All right. So, um, sorry, I got a text there. That's great. That's great. Right. Looking at your phone during a podcast anyway. So the, uh, speaking of that, they do not have a pitching coach yet. And I thought we'd talk about this because I thought it was interesting that Mike Maddox, uh, decided not to re up with the say the St. Louis Cardinals, which means he is now available. And I saw him at do it for Durrett a couple of weeks ago in the Dallas area, uh, at that event. So I'm just wondering, I mean, if you look at the their ERA during the time that he was the pitching coach, it is six of the best years Rangers pitching has ever had. So what are your thoughts on possibly Mike Maddox coming back to Texas? Um, as far as just a straight up reunion goes, I think, I think they're going to look to hire who they see as the best fit. I yeah. think there's always like a sort of not bias, but, there's a sort of familiarity there that leads to easy connections. Like the Joe, I've heard Joey Gallo multiple times Yep. And this obviously. So I think it definitely is a possibility. Um, even with the manager, right? Ron Washington, everyone wanted them to hire wash because yeah. there's familiarity there. So I do think that kind of leads to over speculation at some points, but let's not, let's not get it twisted here. Mike Maddox is a good pitching coach and they yeah. need a good pitching coach. Um, but with Bruce Bochy being hired as the manager, they 
they're going to have a good staff. And I thought they had a good staff last year. They're going to have a really, really good coaching staff with Bruce Bochy moving forward. Yeah. So uh, is it a possibility? Yeah, but they, they're going to look to hire who they, you know, whoever Bochy wants and sees the best fit. I agree. But just looking back, you know, while Maddox was the pitching coach, they never once had an ERA above 4.5 yeah, from 2009 to 2015. And four times it was under four. And since then, They've only had an area below four and a half twice. And one yeah. of them actually was 2022 this last year. That dude, he can coach pitchers. Yeah. Though. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's a really super dude. Really nice. But like I said, I, I agree with you. It's going to be who they think is going to fit best. But I, just, I found it interesting that just as the Rangers hire a manager and start looking for a, start looking for a pitching coach, he comes out and says he's not returning to St. Louis. And I don't know, maybe he wants to come back or he did seem to like it when he was here. Yeah, no, that is an interesting point. And also I want to bring this up because I didn't bring it up during the, when we were talking about the Bochi press was like, he's kind of like a, not an old school guy, but like <clears throat> he coached here in the 2010s. One thing that I love that Bochi said was, I wrote this down too, is what he was, he brought up his three keys to managing. Number one was fundamentals. He said, we're going to field the ball and we're going to run the base as well. Well, let's look back at last year. What did the Rangers not do well? Field the ball and run the bases. They didn't True. do either well so i'm really excited to watch him bring that back and i do think that's gonna flow down to his staff i i have always said like I, this is like the 2010s era like the era of baseball i grew up in that style of play i always liked that i wanted i think that that style of play suits this rangers team really well yeah because you grew up with the rangers actually being good so these mm -hmm. last six years for you are the outlier where to me you know it was you know, almost 20 years of no good play before I got those two world series appearances, but you it's it, for your generation though. It's true. You guys grew up and they were good. Like they were good from the time you can yeah. remember watching baseball. Like, well, I mean, when me growing up watching like 2011 through, well, I started watching in 2010, but like when I started really watching was like 2011 through like those three years of 2011, 2012, and 2013, mm -hmm. I just remember watching every game when I was a little kid. And that yeah. style of play, even looking back on it, like that style of play, it was just like, whoa. Like you yeah. had your hitters, you had Ian Kinsler setting the table. Yeah. Then you had your, you know, David Murphy's, your Elvis's, your contact guys. And then you had your power guys, Hamilton. Yep. That style of play, I think, like, I really would like to see them kind of go back to like, let's field the baseball and let's steal bases and see what happens. Let's create runs and not always try to hit home runs. Not saying that they did always try to hit home runs last year, but like, let, I want to see some of that style, like how Bruce Bochy won with the giants. I would love to see that. Yeah, I agree with you. And he, you know, you think back to like Elvis Andrews and stealing bases. I mean, in 2010 in the playoffs, he stole home plate, which was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Like a straight steal of home, which you don't see yeah. very often, but you look at the outfield right now. I mean, just even without adding anyone with Bubba Thompson and Leody Tavares and Adolis Garcia, you know, and Eli white, like think about the speed the Rangers have out there right now. Oh yeah. No. And I remember talking about this during the season was that the Rangers, this team is way too fast to run the bases the way they did last yeah. year. Yeah. It should use base running to their advantage instead of their disadvantage. So I'm interested to see if Bobochi kind of unlocks that. I am too. All right, let's move on. I have one, another thing I wanted to talk about tonight was uh, well, free agency. The Rangers are going to be players in free agency. And the name I keep hearing over and over again is Carlos Rodon. <laughs> Yeah. So I just put out an article today. Yep. <laughs> Actually, Carlos Rodon was the cover. So there you go. 
Uh, no, but look, they're going to be active in free agency this year. Um, are they going to have another 500 plus million dollar winter? Probably not, but they're going to be active. And especially in that pitching market, Carlos Rodon has had an incredible past two seasons. Yeah. I've said, I think he's the most realistic big name starter option on the table this winter. Um, I honestly, if I had to make a bet, on, it's so hard to bet on where guys are going to sign. It is. Yeah, it is possible. But if, if you're asking me what pitcher I think they're going to sign right now, I'll tell you Carlos Rodon. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with you. And I think if Clayton Kershaw doesn't decide he wants to finish his career as a Dodger, I think he will as a Ranger, but that's totally on him. Like if he, I think at this point he's got a couple years left at most. I think he's probably going to want to play for one team all the way through. So I kind of count him as not coming to Texas. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I, I put this in my article too, is like every off season is like, is this the year that the Rangers pry Clayton Kershaw away from the Dodgers? Yeah, uh, probably not. Like it's not, it's not super unrealistic, but at the same time, it's not super realistic. Like it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of one of those probably not going to happen things. Now I'd love to see it happen. Like the greatest pitcher of my generation coming to pitch for my hometown team yep. and his hometown team. Yep. Would, you know, it, that would be awesome to see just the fan in me would love to see that. But the, you know, media member in me says that's probably not super realistic. That doesn't go to say that they're not going to have a good rotation next year. I think they're going to have a solid rotation. Cause like what people are counting out is they're like, a lot of people are focusing on DeGrom and Rodon mm -hmm. and Kershaw. Like they're still going to be in play for like, there's still good veteran starts out there. Like Michael Walker, Jameson Tyone. Like yep. I mentioned those guys is like, you know, Madison Baumgartner, maybe they try to, you know, make a swing for like, yeah. they're still good, solid veterans that they're going to get out there. You know, yeah. Honestly, I think, I think you're right. I think Rodon is the big, I think he's the big fish they're going to get. I think if they sign any more free agents, it'll be like the Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, take a chance on you kind of guys. I think the majority of, of pitching besides Rodon is going to come through trades. I wanted to talk about that too, because you look at the Rangers minor league system. It's ridiculously good. Like I'm working on a top 20 prospect list right now on my Ranger report website. And it's like hard. I mean, I'm looking at like all these different ones and so many people have so many different players and so many different spots because there's so good, but the Rangers have way too many infielders and they have way too many starting pitchers in the minor leagues. And that's a problem you want to have. So they have the opportunity, I think, to bring in anyone that's available on the trade market. Yeah, no, they definitely do. I mentioned that in my article too, is when yeah. I was in the rotation, I was like, like there's still guys out there like Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber, like the Rangers, if we were to shoot last trade deadline, we were talking about a Soto trade. Yeah. Like the Rangers have the pieces to go out and get pretty much, you know, almost anyone that they want. People are yeah. talking about yeah. no Tani trade right now. Yeah. Like you have the pieces to do it. But I think going back to like your Mike Miner and, you know, Lance Lynn type of things, it's like that's part of that is the reason that their farm system is so good. Yeah. Like they, they took a chance, think about it. They took a chance on Mike Miner and turned it into Dustin Harris and other prospects, right? Yeah. Like you take a chance on guys and, and say what you want about the Rangers past the five or six years, but they've taken chances on a lot of guys and it's paid off. Yeah. So, I think I'll oh, go ahead. You're good. I said, I think my next Dallas sports nation article I'm working on is going to talk about some of these guys we got in some of the trades over the last few years. Cause people keep complaining. They haven't done anything over the last few years, but we've gotten a lot of really good prospects over the last three years through dealing guys. They took chances on. No. Yeah. You, no, we definitely have. And going back to your original question is this was in my, this was in my article too, but it's like, 
Well, I did three headlines to watch out for in the off season. And one of them was how's the farm system going to look after this off season? Cause it's going to change. Like yeah. you some good players, like take, I can't remember the exact number, but take your top 10, for example, five of your top 10 prospects are pitchers. You can yep. make a whole rotation out of those guys. You don't need to, right? Like not all those guys are going to stick. Yeah. You've got, you got an overcrowding in the infield. Like, think about it. Even next year, you've got like so many guys competing for a few spots. Yep. So you're going to have to trade away some good players. But shoot, look at what the Mariners did with, with Luis Castillo. I think I mentioned yeah. this the last time I was on with you. Like, you're going to have to trade some good players. But if they can deal the cards right, you know, they can really make this work. Yeah. And you think about, you know, like you said, all that, it's just crazy that they have, they have that many. I mean, if they bring in two veteran pitchers like Rodon and somebody else to bring in, then you've got John Gray and you bring back Martin Perez. That's one spot left in the rotation for, you know, Cole Reagans for possibly Taylor Hearn for Dane Dunning for, you know, you got all these guys. Yep. Alex, uh, AJ Alexi, you know, uh, Jake Latz, uh, Cole win all these guys that are just sitting there. So yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to move some of them. Yeah. And I think it's only like the way I kind of see it is like when you're playing a board game and you got the little, the clock and the time's running out in the sand, the, the sand yeah. spot, that's kind of what it is. It's like, they only have a certain amount of time before they're going to make a big trade. Yeah. And they also are changing minor league pitching coaches because they didn't like the, I mean, I don't know if it's because they didn't like the results, but I think Cole Wynn took a step back this year, a little bit. Jack Leiter wasn't quite as consistent as they wanted him to be. Although he did throw a lot of really good strikes, but he also walked too many people, which I think was him getting used to pitching and, in, in you know, professional baseball, but, but now they've got him and Kumar rocker and Brock Porter and all these high touted prospects and they want the right guys down there getting the job done. Yeah, I think the lighter thing too is like you go from the SEC, which is no doubt good baseball, but oh, yeah. it's not even close to like what single A is. And nope. then you go straight to double A and it's like, whoa, like that's a big jump. I think I wouldn't be too concerned about lighter. I know a lot of people are, but I wouldn't be no. the cold wind thing to me and like other pitchers struggling is more of a like it's more of a red flag than than Jack Lighter. But because I, I mean I saw something too that someone was like Someone said if Jack Leiter started in like single A, he would be a top like top prospect right now because he would yeah. have just done way better. I mean, he let's face it, like he wasn't as good as he probably could have been in double A. Mm-hmm. But you can't. I you, I don't think you can judge a guy that just made a jump from college to double A. Well, I mean, look at Cole Reagans last year. Nobody was talking about him at all after his first season at double A. And then this year he makes the majors out of nowhere just because he, you know, blows up in double A, goes to triple A and does the same thing and then comes yeah. to the Rangers. And other than throwing, you know, a, a few too many walks, a few too many balls, he held his own pretty well as a Texas Ranger this year. No, he did. He he was good. Otto showed signs of being yep. pretty and I think a lot of thing, a lot of people too, is like, they're going to be like, oh, you guys are sitting around talking about prospects. What you guys don't understand is like, these prospects are impacting this big league team. These prospects are going to be flipped for a, Cor- a Corbin Burns or yeah. a, you know, a Shane Bieber or something like that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like you're going to have to trade away some really good players, Yeah, but that's part of the reason you build a farm system up is to get rid of them. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Rangers fans 10 years from now that are saying, why do we get rid of this guy? You know, look at him now, this, you know, veteran. And blah, blah. But if we have a World Series, it'll all be worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's the ultimate goal. That's why I think a lot of times when um, you're talking about like who won certain trades is like, did they get a ring out of it? If you got a ring out of it, it's worth it, you know? 
Totally agree. I can't wait to see. Uh, I mean, I'm now as a, as a fan, as long as I've been, I, I just can't wait to see. Cause I, this time I, that last time I didn't feel up, up until 2011 that this was a legit thing, but this time the way they're building it right now, I feel like in the next few years, we're going to be legitimate contenders for several years in a row. No, they, they really are like this type of going all in is something that has never happened in my lifetime. Yeah. And they're, they're going for it. Like I'm telling you in a few years, like, I mean, obviously you don't go from 90 win, 90 losses or 102 losses in 2021 to a hundred wins, but yeah. it's slow and it's a process and they're building towards it. But like, they're going to, they're not just building towards one championship. Like you said, like they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think they are going to be. Also, I wanted to mention real quick before we jump off here that we had four silver slugger candidates. Yeah. It was Adolis, Nate Lowe, Corey Seeger, and Marcus Simeon. Yeah, the four main leaders of your offense, right? Yeah. Like I remember hopping on uh, you know, not that long ago, we were talking about three stars of the offense. Like, well, there should be four stars of the offense. So the four main people that led your offense mm-hmm. are silver slugger finalists. And it's just cool. I mean, it's obviously not I'm sure these guys would have rather, you know, won something as a team that yeah. dominated. Silver Slugger, like it's not a crazy deal, but you know, it's still good to see, you know, those guys getting some recognition because like, you know, all four of them had really, really good seasons. And for me, it's fun to see, especially you think about the month of April for Corey Seager and how everyone said that that trade was a bust and, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, he pulled the wool over the Rangers eyes and all that. And then if you take away the month of April, that dude had a phenomenal baseball season offensively. Yeah, no. And Simeon Seeger, like they both, they were, you know, struggling at the time. Like remember when, remember when y'all were asking if Marcus Simeon robbed the Rangers, the dude couldn't hit anything in April and he could not, he had a good, good season and Seeger was good. A lot of the time, like when Seeger was on, he was on, it was, you couldn't get him out. Nathaniel Lowe was consistent through the year. I, one thing I did think about today was I was listening back to my interview with you guys, whenever I covered my first game in, I think that was in April or May. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how good Nathaniel Lowe was then. Yep. And he just continued like consistency. This team needed consistency. They got it from him. Adolis was like, Oh, he's a one half wonder. Or he was only good in the first half. And then yeah. bam, shut those claims down. So. Well, a lot of us, you and you and me included, said that both Adolis and Nate Lowe had to prove that they belonged this year. And both of them, I think, blew that out of the water. I think Nate has showed he's going to be your first baseman. And I think Adolis has worked his way into that uh, starting outfield spot. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. One, I'm really interested to see. I know we said that this year, this is kind of unrelated, but I know we said that this year was a make or break year for Leody Tavares. I'm really interested to see what he does next yeah. year. Yeah. It was like he, he showed flashes that we've never seen before. Yeah. But I really want to see what next year is going to look like for him. But with those three in the outfield and Eli White as number four, if he winds up staying around, that is going to be the fastest outfield in all of Major League Baseball. It is. It is. That's that's really interesting because I have one thing I did mention um, in my article was like, which middle of the order bat are they going to grab? Because Ray Davis yeah. is talking about getting a middle of the order type of bat and that's likely an outfielder. Yep. So I'm interested to see what people think about it because if you do, okay, let's say you go grab an Andrew Benintendi, that's worth it, right? Yeah. But in the sense you take away spots from other guys, so it's interesting. 
I agree. All right. Go to DallasSportsNation.com to read both Kane and my writings and other people. Go to TheRangerReport.com to read other junk and and listen to these podcasts and uh, find us on Twitter and find us on Facebook. Kane, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Kane underscore McCutcheon six. I'm everywhere. So you guys. Yeah. TikTok. You're everywhere. TikTok, be real. Instagram. I'm everywhere. So we started, we started our presence on YouTube now too. So I've got, I've got five subscribers. Woo. We're getting there. Okay. There you go. You got to start somewhere. (laughs) Got to start somewhere. But anyway, thanks for joining us, Kane. I appreciate you coming on and filling in for CJ. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We will talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.